Uh, some of you rem may remember that a couple of weeks ago I spoke on the fruit of the Spirit, self-control, and we've ended up doing it in two parts because basically there was so much going on the week that I started, just couldn't fit it all in, and I don't think you wanted to give up your lunch. So uh, I, I've done it in two halves. And I just want to remind you, really, of um, what I did for the first half. And basically what I was <coughs> saying was that in order to, um, if you like, develop our self-control, we needed to have an awareness of who we are. And then I, I looked at the gospel message about the truths of who we are. Because... Um, I think in some ways, being a Christian, there are lots of things that are kind of held in tension. We are a new creation when we get born again, and yet it's the same, you know, it's the same flesh and blood, isn't it? So we've got two things going on. We're, we're somehow new, and yet the old is still with us. And um, I did a really excellent example that I thought Pete would approve of last time, but he didn't hear the first part. But if you remember, I said that... When I lived in England, it was, an, it was a picture of the kingdom. When I'm the kingdom, I'm not saying the kingdom of darkness is living like living in England. Please don't make that assumption. But when I'm living in England, I'm living under the rules that govern England, and I live under the Queen and her rule. But I gave you an example of how I get moved to France. And now, yes, I know, it's shocking. <coughs> and because I'm a different citizen now, living in a different country, I can no longer live according to English rules. I now have to live according to the French rules. And I was using that as a picture of us moving from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, that we live... <laughs> that we live under... We, we come under a whole new regime, as it were, and we need to learn to live under those new rules and under a new Lord. And my, kind of, my one and only point, really, was that, as I say, we need to know who we are in order to become more self-aware. And I talked about the fact that the old me is dead... Therefore, I'm, living, I'm not living under the old rules. I've started again as a new creation. I need to understand who I am now. And I just kind of summed up. There was a bit, if some of you might remember, I said a quiz. You know, now I've moved into the kingdom of light. An easy question. Have I now got a halo? Have I got something else? Have I got something else? And the answer was that Jesus is now Lord of my life. And... I kind of just talked about the fact that I'm forgiven, I'm born again, uh, there's a new boss in my life, and the Spirit of God is at work in me now to make me more like Jesus. Now, I've got a couple of points. Um, I've got about four points I think I'm going to make today. Um, the first one really is to follow on from the self-awareness, and really it was a, a question to you about how well do you know yourself? Um, because I think in order for our self-control to develop under the Holy Spirit, we need to have some understanding about ourselves. 
maybe our motivation for doing something, or the way our mind works in certain situations, or how our emotions go off down a particular way. Um, and I suppose what I wanted to say is I don't want any of us to spend hours analysing our behaviour, because what will happen is we'll just go around in this kind of circle. Um, but sometimes you know, don't you, in, something's happened, you've responded in a certain way, and you kind of know, you have a sense of the kind of um, the motivations and the thinkings that are going on as you struggle to deal with something. And probably if I said to you, what are your strengths and weaknesses, all of you would come out with your weaknesses straight away. You'd be able to reel them off, no problem. Sometimes we're not as good as saying things that we can be good at. Um, that awareness of the things that we're good at or maybe the things we're not so good at is really good for us then to be able to ask the Holy Spirit to come in and help us. Um, and I just thought I'd give you a couple of um, examples where one's a personal example. Um, it's a very little one, but I, I, some, this is ages ago, but this is about the kind of internal kind of debate that was going on in my head at the time. I think life had been a bit hard. I can't really remember what the circumstances were. And I was obviously feeling a little bit sorry for myself. And I had that feeling, I thought, I really need to go shopping. <laughs> I need to go shopping. I thought, I'm going to buy myself something, a little treat, you know, but it was the, ah, oh, poor me, and I'll go off and I'll go some, get something nice at the shops and it'll make me feel better. And it was like the Holy Spirit pulled me up on it and said, you know, what are you are talking about? And I put down here, this, it's, it's not the gospel according to retail therapy, <laughs> is it? It's the gospel according to Jesus. And it was like I was going through these thought processes I was going to do something that was going to make me feel better and I was looking for something else to, to do it, not, not to Jesus. Um, now maybe you don't have those kind of thought processes. Um, I'd be pretty confident that most of you have got something like that where, you know, there's that struggle inside that, and you want somebody to, you know, and sometimes we need love and care. I'm not saying we don't need any of that, but there are times when it's like the self bit of us wants something and actually it needs not, that little animal needs not to be fed. We need to not feed it at all. I wanted to remind you of a reference that I used last time, which was Romans 6 verse 14. Sin shall not be your master because you are not under law, but under grace. One of the things I said last time was I was trying to steer away from talking about self-control in terms of resisting temptation, because that's a very kind of easy one, and that ends up about struggle. And okay, sometimes it is about resisting temptation, or we're resisting something. We need to exercise self-control. But I don't want you to come away from this thinking, you know, oh, I've got to be self-controlled. The message that I want you to take away is really that the new self needs to be full of the Holy Spirit, and as you seek to follow after Jesus, the Holy Spirit will help you control yourself, and you won't need to do the kind of bit. Um, 
That's not to say all self-control will always going to be easy, but sometimes it's about a decision, isn't it? You take a decision to do something or not to do something, and then you stick at it. Another example that I was um, going to use was maybe, um, maybe we feel low for no real reason. Um, any of you feel low sometimes and you, for no particular reason? Um, sometimes we need to ask God for understanding. And it may be that when we ask him, well, what's, what's going on? It may be that he'll reveal something to us. And then we can say, okay, Lord, um, I want you to, to deal with that. I want you to heal me. I want you to sort that out. It may be that nothing comes to mind, at which point you, you need to be like David in the Psalms that kind of talks about why are you, why are you low and cast down and look to God. Come on, I'm going to praise God and I'm going to you know, believe God and I'm going to follow God. And it's like you talk to yourself. Um, but this kind of self-awareness means that we can be more open to the Holy Spirit to deal with that internal part of our life third point I wanted to make was we need to make a choice um, about who is boss. Now we have, in our worship time this morning, I thought, you know, the songs that we've sung about giving ourselves to God, um, that potter and clay one, I can't remember all the words, but we need to remember daily that Jesus is our boss because otherwise it's very easy for self to come back into that position and think, I'm going to be in charge. And I thought, it doesn't really matter what age we are, we still want to have our own way sometimes, don't we? We want our own way and we're going to have our own way. But actually, that is running contrary to the believer who should be living under God's way and doing what God wants. In Matthew 16, this is a, a very challenging couple of verses. Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. That's one of those tensions, isn't it? Because often you kind of think, in order to get something, I've got to go and seek it. And here Jesus is saying, lose yourself in me and, you know, all the rest will come, come to you. Because if you try and save your life, you're not going to keep it at all. Um, so we need to learn to live differently. And that's where we need to put on the new and leave the old behind. I also thought that... Um, our capacity to love and serve others is a good indication of where we are on our self-control scale. Because actually, if you are loving other people and serving them, you have to put yourself further back, don't you? Um, and, you know, maybe... I, I know Tim spoke ages ago about if we keep thinking about the things that we're trying to avoid, all those things fill our think thinking rather than the good stuff. And it's similar with this, I think. In our loving and serving of each other, we really need to stir ourselves up 
to do that. And if we think that self-control is getting in the way and self is getting in the way, we just need to ask God to help us to not pander to self, but to love others. And I'm sure you can all um, think of examples where how we get so complicated sometimes, don't we, in our motivations. Sometimes, um, you know, I want to be seen as a nice person. I want people to like me. You know, when I'm at work, I want people to think I'm doing a good job. But actually, who is that promoting? It's, prom it's about me. At the end of the day, um, yes, I should do a good job because... I'm committed, and Jesus talks about, doesn't he, our, our, our approach to work and our approach to life. But we need to remember that we are serving and following Jesus. And in doing that, we may not look so good. It might not put us in such a good light. Um, and that's just tough cookie for, for me, because provided that what I do honours Jesus and Jesus is shown to people, it doesn't really matter what people think of me. But that bit about what are people going to think of me is so strong on us. And if I had... If, this is the blue parrot, okay? It needs to be like this. That, that bit of us needs to be well and truly dead. Um, and I suppose that's why we have a lifetime. <laughs> to grow in our faith and our love of Jesus because you can't, cause it just keeps getting up again and rearing its head and then you have to keep nobbling it down. So we need to choose who is boss. And maybe, and, and you know, if we go back to Matthew 16, that's uh, an everyday decision. Today, Lord, I choose to give my yes to you. Today, I choose to follow you. That's saying, today, I'm not doing what self wants. I'm going God's way. And, you know, we need to do that. We need to remind ourselves. Following on from that, I just wanted to talk about kind of patterns of behavior. And, you know, that's that headless chicken bit, how even though the old is gone, sometimes we still try and run about and do the things we used to do. But actually, because we're born again, and because we're in a different kingdom, we have a choice about what we do. We don't just have to fall under the same ways. And um, there's a great bit in Ephesians 4, verse 17, which is about living as children of the light. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They're darkened in their understanding, separated from life, having lost um, all sensitivity, etc., etc. You, however, did not come to know God that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds, to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. It's pretty mind-boggling, isn't it, that because of Jesus, 
God considers us righteous. It's really hard for us to accept that. Um, but that is the truth. He looks at us in a different way. And it's really important that we remind ourselves of those. I've got a couple of quotes which I think, well, they're things that bless me. And I suppose in trying to um, challenge a pattern of behavior that I might see in my own life, I need to remind myself that I'm a new person. And so I've just got a couple of quotes here. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own, you were bought at a price, therefore honor God with your body. 1 Peter 1 verse 13, therefore prepare your minds for action, be self-controlled, set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. Philippians 2, this will be very familiar to you. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness or compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And then I've got another reference in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9 and 10. And it did seem to me when I was reading around and thinking about this that a lot of um, the links the word is making about self-control ties it in to loving and serving others. And I suppose, you know, if we are truly going to love and serve each other, and that is going to be costly, then that is a way of kind of putting self to the back, isn't it? You're making a choice. I'm going to bless this person. I'm going to do something. I'm going to go out of my way to look after this person or serve them. That is, is making that kind of choice, isn't it? The last point I wanted to come to is yes, um, about renewing of the mind. Um, Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, some of my favorite pieces in the Bible. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and to prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You know, I, I can give you two testimonies in my own life where I know that God has changed my thinking. He's changed my attitude. And 
because my attitude has been changed, I can then act differently. One, I think I've probably done mentioned before, but when Tim and I first went out a long time ago, I think I said to you once that in my family, my mum wore the trousers. And so when we started to go out, I was always checking what Tim was doing and double-checking that he'd done this or done that. And it just wasn't, it just wasn't right because it, it showed a lack of trust. And God made me aware of that and I asked him to change it. And I don't know, two or three months later, I suddenly realized that I wasn't doing that same double checking. And it wasn't that I tried to stop myself. I suppose because God had drawn it to my attention and I asked him to help me, he could then deliver me from that. And there are a couple of other things in my life since then where I know that because something has God has brought something to my attention. He has then been able to deal with it and, and change me. So I would urge you <laughs> to ask the Holy Spirit as, as you go along and as things come up and you become, you're conscious that uh, maybe you're not putting Jesus first, but you're putting yourself first, or sometimes other people Sometimes we can, can't we? We can put other people in front of our relationship with Jesus, but we've got to have him in that first place so that all will follow. So when you suddenly are brought up short and you think, hmm, I know who's in first place here and it's not Jesus, that's when you need to say, Father, help me. You know, Holy Spirit, come and change that part of my life and help me to live it differently. So I suppose if I was going to sum up the points, remember this started out on the fruit of the Spirit, and Tim is just going to come and, and tie things up. I hope I've left you enough time. Um, in order for our self-control to develop, we need to be self-aware. We need to know who we are in Christ. Not who we used to be, but who we are now in Christ. Um... As we become aware of our own self wanting to be in charge, that's when we need to go back to God and ask for his help. We need to decide who's boss every day or every moment if necessary. Um, you know, if you're going through a difficult time and, and you're kind of wavering, that, that's a time when you need to be saying, I'm following, I choose to follow you. I choose to trust you. You know, I tr choose to worship you. Um, and the last bit uh, was about patterns of behaviour. Um, we need to put on the new, get rid of the old. Um, and that's why, we're, that's why we're together, because it's in this togetherness that it helps us to put on the new and get rid of yes, the old. Um, because, I don't know about you, but when I look in the mirror, <laughs> this is not going to be a good example, but I was going to say, when I look in the mirror, I just see me. I could just think, I'm just wonderful, all right? But I need other people to show me a few home truths <laughs> when I get a bit too big for my boots. And that's what we do for each other. We, we shape each other. We, we should encourage the best of each other. We should encourage the new creation. Um, and in doing so, help people, 
help each other to lay aside the old bit. Now, I just wanted to finish off by saying that where this all started, actually, was something that Ben shared, which was in John chapter 13. And this is our example in Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, that he had come from God and was returning to God. So, and then we have the the foot washing of his disciples. So it was out of Jesus knowing who he was, he was completely confident about his, um, who he was in God, and from that he could do anything. So if you think about the foot washing is very kind of, um, I, I can't, just can't imagine what it must have been like for him to have, have done that. But it also meant that he could do the other extreme, chucking them out of the temple. He was so angry. He wasn't worried about what they thought of him. He just knew he had to do what what God had charged him with. And I'd like you to kind of reflect on that, really, that, that, that little bit about him knowing who he was. And I've got two examples. I could do this for all of you, but I haven't got enough time. And I've picked on two people, and I've pre warned them so they can already know they're going to die of embarrassment. All right, but... So Brian here, knowing that he has been bought with a price, knowing that the Father's love has been lavished on him and made him a child of God, could trust God to bring him through major operations and big events in his life. Suzanne, knowing that she lives in God and God lives in her because he has given her of his spirit, chose to give up smoking. Now, if I had time, I could probably do that for all of you. And I would encourage you to, in the, in the quietness of your own heart, just to, I suppose in a way, acknowledge what God has done for you and be confident in who you are in Christ and ask him to lead you on further into, into the rest of your life. Tim. Thank you, Sue. Well, we've reached a, uh, an amazing point in the life of the church. We've finished a series on the fruit of the Holy Spirit that has taken us from Chrissy speaking on love way back in January of this year through some faithful men and women who've uh, prepared and served, people like Brian, Keith, David speaking on, do you remember David speaking on kindness? Ben speaking on gentleness, peace, various others. It's, it's been a, a great opportunity um, to look into this stuff. And there have been some wonderful things along the way. And I'm only going to spend, literally spend a couple more minutes, if you'll, if you'll allow me, just to remind you of some very important truth. I'm going to make a mess. But it's one of the things that has come so often all the way through this uh, is a truth about the Holy Spirit. Ben mentioned it when he was talking. He talked about the word fruit. Uh, he gave it another word. Remember what the other word was? The harvest, that's right. 
It's a harvest. It's what comes from us. If you could do me a favor and turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. Just finished doing that job. There we are, that's that done. Glad that was an easy peel. (laughs) Um, Matthew chapter 7 talks again about fruit. And I'll, I'll just go there. Uh, when I'm there, yes, here we go. Verse uh, 16. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Let's use the word harvest again. By the harvest of their lives, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? This is Jesus talking to us. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit. But a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. And a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. He goes on to talk about the consequences of um, having a, a, a harvest which isn't good fruit. But I want to focus on the fact that our lives are full of the Holy Spirit. And I think the great thing about this is that it's not about this bit of our life. So much as about this bit of our life, what's inside. And we can only be this bit and have all the fruit. There are probably more than nine around here, but here we are different fruit of the Holy Spirit. If, as Sue's talked about, we have a relationship with God, which means we're a changed people, we're, we're different, the old has gone and the new has come. In our center, at our core, we have this life in Christ. In the end, again, it comes back down to those facts that you cannot have Christianity light. You cannot do the Mac Christian. It's not possible. You need, we need, I need to have a life which is full of God so that I bear fruit for him as a result of what he's done inside me. The change that he's made inside me. So the love, the joy, the peace, the patience. All happen as a result of that. We don't strive for them. We strive for the relationship in God that produces them. (coughs) I want to think it would be great just to express our thanks to all those people who have prepared and uh, brought to us that word on the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Let's just give those guys a round of applause. I think too I'd like to uh, just say that um, the teaching on the fruit of the Holy Spirit much of it is available if you have access to the church's website but I'm also going to try and get to the stage somewhere uh, uh, in a quiet moment to put the teaching that we had onto a CD um, I don't know how much of a CD it would take um, but uh, or maybe it would take more than one but so that people who haven't got access to it and want to review it, maybe go back to the teaching on the different aspects of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, it would be good to do that. Um, to say there, there is a lot of the material available on the church's website under that series. And uh, so let's um, just ask God's, for God's help together now, shall we? Let's pray. Father, we do thank you so much for all you teach us as a people, for the discipleship that you provide for us. 
We're so grateful for your word, Father. And we ask you, Lord, that out of our lives, out of our very being, would, there would be a harvest of righteousness. The fruit of the Holy Spirit manifest in us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.